You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Let's take the scripture, one of the scriptures we looked at on Sunday, Ephesians chapter 4. And we'll read because it's fundamental for me also. It's, I mean, it's eye-opening and um, it's helping me to focus on what my assignment is. Ephesians 4 verse 11. It says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. For the work of ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. He says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. In the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is what? The head Christ. Can you see how they made sure that we knew what this thing was about? From 13, it says, till we all come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. That perfect man is not Mr. A or Mr. B. It says it is the measure of the stature of of the food. That's why we come to church. That's why we sing. That's why we pray. That's everything we're doing is so that at the end of the day, when they bounce you out, you become, you look like a perfect product from the factory of God. Somebody say amen. amen. And that's why I believe he's uh, taking us to learn love because like we saw from First John 4 that we looked on, and on Sunday, it says God is love. Not just that God loves. God is what? Love and we are children of God, we carry the DNA of God. Okay, so if God is love and I'm God's child, it shouldn't be far to say that word. I am also what love. That's why we must grow up in love. Let, let me read us one scripture. I, I thought we are going to end with it, but we can start with it as well. Ephesians 3 is a passage that we use for prayer, and um, we quote it several times. Uh, verse 20 says to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above but before you get there look at what the bible says from verse 14 ephesians 3 14 the apostle paul writing here he says for this reason i bow my knees to the father of our lord jesus christ now pause with me he says for this reason i bow i said why is he bowing he said for this reason so i went back and i saw why he was bowing and i saw it in verse 8 Go back to verse 8 with me, please. Verse 8 says, To me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles, what? The unsearchable riches of Christ. So Paul was bowing so that he would be able to make known to us, what? The unsearchable riches of Christ. Now let's see what he prayed that was to help us know this thing. So he says, To know because I want... You to know the unsearchable riches of Christ, I bow my knees. Okay, are we together? Now, so he says, 
I bow my knees to, to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. What was his prayer? 16 is his prayer. That he would grant me and you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Okay? That what may happen? He said that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. Now, that word dwell means to find our hearts comfortable. Okay? So, Paul is praying that what? That Christ may feel at home. Give me easy to read or the living Bible. That Christ may feel at home. You know, in the book of Revelation, it says, I stand at the door and I, I knock if any man opens. Now, he's here saying that Christ may feel at home. Okay? May live in your heart. Give us the living Bible, please. There's, there's one that says that he may feel at home. That's what the apostle Paul is praying. That it says here, I pray that Christ will be more and more at home. Now, you know what it means to be at home in a place. Eh? If you go to your friend's house, depending on how close you are, you can sit down. There are some places you go to, you can't lie down even in the sitting room. Am I right? There are some houses you go to, when you come in, where is Topper? When Topper comes to my house, he doesn't come from the front door. He comes from the kitchen. <laughs> and then, I, I, does he even open fridge? I know he opens fridge. So, depending on how at home you feel, you can go to open freezer and bring out, you know, the things that are in freezer are stored for longer. <laughs> that Christ may what? Be more and more at home in our hearts. Now, how would Christ be at home in your heart? It's an atmosphere of love. Do you understand? So, if we read further down now, go, go down, let's continue. 18, it says... That Christ may dwell, that we've been rooted and grounded. 17 now says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend. So it's to the extent that I'm rooted. The word there rooted is what makes a tree stand. Then grounded is what makes a building stand. So to the extent that I'm entrenched in love. To that extent, Christ will also what? Be comfortable in my heart. This is what explains what the Apostle Paul was telling us in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, though I had such faith to move mountains, but have not love. Nothing. Christ is not there. Though I had such faith to do this or to, you know, speak this and have not love. Christ can dwell there. It avails me nothing. It's to the extent that I'm planted in this love. That I'm established in this love. He goes on and says, may be able to comprehend. That's what helps me to comprehend with all the saints. The width, the length. Length, depth, and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. That this knowledge, hallelujah, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Now, that you may be filled with, so I know the love of Christ, that I may be filled with the fullness of God. Are you with me now? So, if I don't know the love of Christ, if I'm not grounded in it, then I will also what? Be scanty in the fullness of God. So the extent of God that I have is a measure of my groundedness in the love of Christ. Are you following now? That's what he was praying. He says to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That knowing the love of Christ is a foundation or rather is the capacity for me to be able to know or receive or contain the fullness of God. Are you with me? So I expand in my God ability 
to the extent that I what I grow deep in love. And it's after this that they begin to tell us now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. But we always jump there, but we don't get the things that Paul says, I bow my knees. It says, when I remember this assignment given to me, I begin to pray that you get it. And tonight, by God's grace, we will begin to get it in the name of Jesus. Now, because this topic is not one of those topics that we can claim ignorance, everybody knows we should love. Am I right? Everybody knows how important. Most times, I don't know about you, but anytime I hear a message on love, I feel guilty. I feel I can do better. I feel I'm not doing better. How many of us feel like that? So we always feel like that, okay? Sometime in the past, we had looked at love and we had tried to define what it was. And we said love is what? To seek someone's eternal best interest for now and for what? Eternity without compulsion. Okay, so we tried to define it because if you look at it on the surface, you just faint. Because you see, you hear this love now. You know, someone was sharing with us, uh, Pastor Julius was sharing with us an experience he had today. I'm sure those who came for Get Connected today will wish they didn't come. Because if it's a matter of God, do likewise. People will just die. He was driving. He was on his lane. Somebody left his lane, ran into him head on. His two egg bars exploded. His windscreen, everything crashed. And then, long and short is, he told the person, I will fix my car and fix your own. That one, I surrender. I said, my faith, no read that one. Okay? But, you know, uh, Pastor Julius, what you didn't know was that as I was driving to church for Get Connected, the Spirit of God reminded me, the first and what I may call the only accident I've had in a vehicle before, you know, was I was in, in school, I was a student, and I was driving. And just similar to what happened, the only difference is that I saw the car leave his lane and started coming towards me. Now, I looked at this guy and said, this person, what's wrong with him? Are you crazy? This is my lane. So I continued on my lane. Do you understand? When I saw he was actually crazy and something was wrong with him, I started running and then he started pursuing me. (laughs) Do you get it now? To the extent that he hit my side, that's to show you. And the Lord reminded me that if I knew what I know now, then I wouldn't have had that accident. Because what is the point proving that I'm on my lane? He reminded me that because as I was driving, if you know our road, it's a bit bad. Okay, so as I was driving... There was a Range Rover that was, you know, driving in a very rough way. And it was in front of me. I could could just cleared very well for him. And then when he passed, he waved to me, saying thank you. And the Spirit of God reminded me that if I had this sense then, do you know the trouble you save yourself if you start walking in love? And besides, you know, they taught us when we're learning to drive, consider other road users as what? As mad. But you don't consider them mad. You want to prove a point, right? So you become the mad one. It didn't make sense. But I just felt it's my right. He's on my lane. The same way today's own was on my lane. But I remembered love. I said this man, you know, I just pulled off. He passed still on my lane. You know, I was off. And then he now said thank you to me for getting off my lane. So I wasn't surprised when I came and Pastor Julius started telling his experience. Now the truth is this. We, we learn these things because they are weapons. They are not, chi- not for small children. And remember that nothing really happens by accident. As a child of God, every experience you have, heaven looked at it and said, we can trust you with this. 
may you not fail heaven in Jesus name. Okay. So Paul here was saying, this is the determinant of the quantity, if it's possible to use that word, of the proportion of the fullness of God we can carry. So we want, we don't want to sound so far and off and, you know, far away. We want to bring it down. So we see how we can love. Amen. How we can put, you know, uh, uh, get this tire to hit the road. Amen. Now you and I know the ways love can be expressed, you know, when we, every time, you know, the preacher or the church, somebody preaches about love, then we encourage people, hold somebody, tell somebody, okay? And, and it's scriptural, okay? You can show us um, 2 Corinthians thirteen twelve. In fact, the Bible says we should greet one another with a holy kiss. Okay, so ways that love should be or can be expressed. Whenever we think showing love, you know, in church, we always want to start from somebody giving money to help we're going to get to that but i realized that one of the most important and universal ways of showing love is prayer and why i say this one of the most important and universal is that everyone can do it at some point you may not have extra resource to give somebody but you know what you can pray for anybody and for everybody and like her sister was saying as she was rounding up even those who annoy you when the Bible says, love your enemies, you may not be able to take cold water and go and give them or buy them lunch, but you can pray for them. And one of the prayers you can pray for your enemies is that they will know right from good. The truth is that most people who are doing the wickedness that they don't know what they're doing, will learn from our master Jesus. What did he say? Father, forgive them for what? They don't know what they're doing. It was prayer. They don't know what they're doing. So one of the major ways we can show love is prayer. And you know what? If we would pray for one another as we should, a lot of things would be better. It will kill envy. It will kill jealousy. It will kill gossip. It will kill a lot of things. The Bible says, James 5, 16, please put it on the screen. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for what? One another that you may be healed. It says, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Pray for one another that you may be healed. So every time you come to church, that's why sometimes I don't even want to, you know, people think, I don't want to hear some things because anything I hear, the Holy Spirit holds me to it. I have to pray about it. I mean, I can't get out of it. When I kneel down to pray, the Holy Spirit says, okay, this person, this thing, you know, they said this thing, this one happened, that one happened. I just have to pray. And when people, I said, I'm going to let you know, when people say, ah, you spend uh, uh, five hours praying, when God gives you prayer point for everybody, you see that sometimes, sometimes I have to set alarm to get out of my prayer. The alarm rings, so I will go, not so that I will have reached a time. Because when the alarm rings, I say, Lord, we have to, I have to conclude now. Because the names and the things to pray are so many. So you know someone who is going through a medical situation, you know someone who is going through a financial situation, you know someone who is going through a pride situation. You know someone who is, you know, overwhelmed. You, you also know someone who has a testimony. You, part of it is you thank God for the testimony of your brother. You rejoice in what God is doing in this person's life. So, Father, I'm thanking you. I thank you for what you're doing in the life. Thank you for this man is maturing, is growing in the faith. Thank you for what you're using him to do. That is love. You're offering thanksgiving on his behalf. The Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. When you do that, what you're doing is that you're entering into 
a greater capacity. You become a company. You're not just no longer yourself. You understand? Because you see, the whole intent is that the Bible says, our Lord Jesus speaking, says, as the Father has sent me, what? so send are you. Do you think Jesus was praying for himself? Lord, please, you know, solve my problem, my in-law, no in-law, my uh, this thing. Everything was doing was for us. So he will go spend all night praying. He'll be praying for those he'll minister to. He'll pray for those that he ministered to. He'll be praying for these disciples that never seem to get anything. You know, Lord, let them get something in this their head. And that one, everybody can do. Because we say love, immediately people are looking. Uh -huh. Pastor, tell them, tell them, tell them. Even when you see a brother who is sinning, who is missing his way. The Holy Spirit showed me 1 John 5, 16. It says, if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, what should he do? He should gossip. He should announce it. What did he say? He said he will ask. And he, the he there is capital letter. God will give him life for those who commit sin, not leading to death. What's greater love? So you see a brother, you see a sister, and you know that this sister, she's going in this direction. You take it up in prayer. You kneel down, Lord, please. I see this way my sister is going. I see this way this brother is going. He's, lead, he's walking on the path of destruction. Please, Lord, deliver him, save him. Okay, so how can we show love? By prayer. Pray for one another. Pray for the concerns. Pray. Praise the Lord. Another way we can show love, which everybody can do. I'm starting from the one everybody can do. Is by our examples. You know, those of us here that are parents will understand what I'm saying. And those who don't understand need to understand. You see, when you as a couple have a misunderstanding in the home, it's beyond both of you. Okay? It's beyond both of you. When you're exchanging words and your children are there, you're not just not loving your spouse. You're almost killing your children. Because it's the, the picture and the scenario they're witnessing is unimaginable. No greater violence can be done on children than that. Picture mommy and daddy. Mommy saying to daddy, wah. Daddy saying to you, yeah. And then the children are looking at this Two people that should be examples of God to them. These two people that they look to as the finality of excellence manifesting such behavior. If you don't have anything that will keep you in control when, you know, such moments occur, remember your children, even if you don't love one another. Because the picture, that's why people who have that experience, almost, if Christ doesn't deliver them, grow up to repeat the same thing. We show love by being careful. This is the way our Lord Jesus Christ put it. John 17, please. John 17, 17 to 19. He says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. 18. As you send me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. 19. It says, and for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be what? Sanctified by the truth. Jesus is already sanctified, but he says, I'm doing this one for their sakes. This is also what you understand in leadership. What you understand as a pastor, HOD, as a born-again Christian. Some of us here are the first person on the born-again Christian they know in our families. Listen, you have lost your liberty to do as you like. In that family, you're born again or your parents are not born again, your sisters are not born again or your brothers are not born again, and you are born again. For their sakes, you have to sanctify yourself. If you don't, you are not showing them love. 
We said the opposite of love on Sunday is indifference. This one, if you don't, you're actually hating them. Because what you portray for them is that this is an example of what they want me to become. That's why people say, I will not. How many of us have heard people say, all those people, don't mind them. You've heard that statement. You know why they say, because someone close to them showed bad example. So you show love by carrying yourself, setting yourself apart, constraining yourself. The examples to children, to friends, to colleagues, to family members. You put that burden on yourself. You don't exercise all your rights. The Apostle Paul speaking says, all things are lawful, but not all things are what? Expedient. So when it comes to the issue of alcohol, okay, I mean, I'm going to talk about that. The Holy Spirit, you know, reminded me about that. They said I should be also very careful to pray for those who have issues of alcohol because as an unbeliever, I never drank. You understand now? So I have to pray for them for help because I don't know how I would have dealt with it. Okay? But imagine you now shacking and then your friends come, all of you are shacking. Then you tell them, oh boy, I don't burn again. In the middle of the shack. Oh boy, you have to be born again. They say, hey, I'll top my shack. How did they do the things there? Do you get it? There are some things that are consequences of your witness. It's for love's sake. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know this thing now, on its own, will not kill you. Won't cut you off from Jesus. But it will cut people off. It says, for their sakes, I sanctify. This is very key for parents and for mature believers who are here. There are some things you cannot do. For those of us who are not married, you know, you have friends, courtship and others. You control, you hold yourself, you deny yourself. Not because it's, you know, it's put on you, but just as a demonstration of love. Are you with me? Okay. Following that is, you know, similar to that. Let, let's look at 1 Corinthians 8. The Apostle Paul actually d- took that in more details. 1 Corinthians 8 from verse 1. We'll read verse 1 and then we'll jump because of time. Okay? This, this was a classical scenario here. There was a question, you know, in the Corinthian church about meat offered to idols. So they wrote to the Apostle Paul and they asked him, Let's jump from one. You've seen it on the screen. One says, now concerning the things offered to idols. Now let's go to verse 8 and read from 8 down. In verse 8, this is what the Apostle Paul says, similar to what we are talking about. He says, food does not commend us to God. For neither if we eat are we the better, nor if we do not eat are we the worse. So those who drink can argue that I don't get drunk. And truly, being drunk is what is sin. Okay, because, I mean, the fruitcake we eat has some alcohol in it. The cough syrup you take has some alcohol in it. Okay? So you can argue to the end of the world. So our argument is no longer at that level. We are arguing on the level of testimony. Praise the Lord. Okay? So it says neither we eat or we don't eat. But beware. Let somehow this liberty of yours become what? A stumbling block to those who are weak. 10. It says for if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, Will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? So someone looks at you and you're eating. Or maybe it's even a nightclub. Maybe you're such a ginger believer that when you enter into the nightclub, you witness to people there. You do karaoke there and nothing happens to you. Eh? And then a brother, a sister that has just given her life to Christ is passing. 
and they see you just strolling to the nightclub. And then the next day they see you strolling. Then they see you, you know, ushering or doing something in the choir. They'll be wondering, ah. But in your mind, you know that when you go there, you're just going to make intercessions for the sinners that are dancing there. (laughs) Hallelujah. The issue is this. As you know, the people who are seeing you enter, do they know? If they don't know, this is what the Apostle Paul is saying now. He says, will the one whose conscience is weak not be emboldened to do the same thing, arriving at the wrong conclusion? In that way, you have not loved this person. You have actually, unquote, hated this person. Okay? Go on. 11, let's read through. It says, because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. So this is what is at stake. So you're not doing it for you. You're not doing it for you. We, we, we can push this argument to several things, which I think is practicable because those are areas we can under. You can push this argument to testimonies. You know, that's why I had to explain to this brother properly. Because you hear a lot of people, the way they share their testimonies, you just give up. Do you understand? The way they will tell you about what happened, and you know that one is not the whole thing. It's trailer. You know the trailer of a movie? The movie is one hour, 15 minutes. Trailer is one minute. When you see trailer like this, it's as if that is the new James Bond. When you now sit down to watch the real movie, door will open. One minute will pass. Nothing will happen. Do you understand? What they tell you is trailer. So if you're not careful, you understand? So you listen to people, you can just think you, you have no hope. Someone will tell you, ah, and I decreed. And I went, and this thing happened. I said, God didn't tell me it would happen. So God tells you everything that happened, sir. You know, I don't know if you people think. Are, you, are we Nigerians here? When I gave up on some of these people that make noise in Nigeria, it's when they were looking for a checkout, they didn't find them. All the people that are seeing what will happen in the next five years, they are telling you, you people line up. They say next day this will happen. Just tell us, go to some business. In fact, the man comes out into town sometimes. Tell us when he comes out. Let Boy Scout catch him. And they say, how did you catch Shekhar? He say, ah, that man of God that sees next day told us where he was. They're deceiving people. Do you understand what I'm saying? They sell that talk, so you look at them like that. If it were so, we wouldn't be where we are. So people speak and, you know, make claims and the weak brother just faints. I can't run this race. He said, uh, you know, the, the malaria came on me and I looked around and I said, Malaria. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. I mean, faith should be challenged. Okay. But we must understand that God is the one who is working in us. You understand? It's not man. Don't, you know, don't let anybody push into that. If there is, ask them the question. We need help in this country. Do you understand? We need help. And all of us are here. So let us be humble. There's a song that says, Bend low, bend low, bend low, bend low, bend low. And see what? Let us as Christians bend low in Nigeria and say, all of us, we need mercy. Because all the boasting hasn't brought us anywhere. Okay? So there are things that you just don't say. When you're even saying it, you say it in a way so that you don't overburden the conscience and the faith of some people. Just in love. Praise the Lord. Just so that they can follow along. You see, loving you, loving me, you loving me, is that you put me into consideration. Jacob said to the brother Esau, he said, Esau said, let us go together. And Jacob said, please, I cannot go with you. I have the young 
in amongst the lambs and the you with me. If I drive them too much, they may die. That is love. Love says we can do this, but if we do it, it will hurt some people. So let's take it. Suffering, suffering. I get what I'm saying. Let's take it easy. That is consideration. So you put that in how you speak. You put that in the, even in the testimonies you share. You put that in, you know, every area. So that people listen to you, they can see that they can take the step. They can take the step. Let them not listen to you and say, ah, this thing is a dive and I can't dive it. And then they just give up. Praise the Lord. And then for the person who is going through difficult, you're also sharing it in a way that people know they can make it. You know, I, I think it was some time ago, I, I can't remember who, you know, one of the brothers, when she, he shared how much difficulty he had been going through, it encouraged everybody because nobody knew. He was coming, you know, serving and all of that until he said, this is what has been happening. I think he was out of his house, living somewhere and all of that and was just doing what but you could see from his countenance. who wouldn't pick that up. In essence, what I'm saying is that you show love by factoring in everybody, even in your life experiences and in your life journeys and in the way you communicate it. You get what I'm saying? So we have not talked about, you know, money now. So there's prayer. There's example. The one our Pastor Nina mentioned about, very important. The words you speak, a nice word, an encouraging word. Do you understand? That no matter how difficult things are for you, you can say bless you. Try it. Amen. Do you understand? No matter how difficult things are for you, you can bless somebody with your word. You can say may God bless you. At least even if you're wretched, you're not saying may I bless you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Say may God bless you. I told you, I do that. When I pass, oh, you know, get man, I say, God bless you. You release a blessing. You're showing love. You're speaking words. Some people have not had someone of your caliber smile at them. That's the truth. When they see normally people of your caliber, they keep their face like this. So they know this will not the big man. And then when you keep your face like that, he himself will say, God, now these people, they trouble us here. He will return fire for fire. <laughs> okay. But you just pass and smile. And the person will just say, wow, you haven't passed money across. Praise the Lord. Okay. Another one quickly is making effort to understand a person's situation, challenge or circumstance. This was where the Lord started telling me that I really have to, you know, begin to appreciate the challenges people are going through to, you know, come to this side, to grow and to mature. That's when he told me about, you know, this alcohol. He said, you never drank alcohol. So you don't know what it is. Okay? I know the struggle it is for me, you know, watching weight, you know, trying to lift some sugar things. You know, if all of a sudden they say sugar is a sin, some of us might stop preaching because every time I take up the mic, I remember the sugar I drank yesterday. And conviction will come, but thank God sugar is nothing. But, but I know it's not good for me, but I like it. So I don't know whether it's the same thing for those people. But what I'm trying to say is this. Love means, ah, this thing this brother is going through. It might not be for him as it is for me. What that does is, going back to where we started from, it helps you in prayer for him. Are you with me? Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, please. It says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with all our weaknesses, but was in all points was tempted as we are. Give me the message translation, please, of that Hebrews 4.15. It says, we do not have a priest who is out of touch with our reality. That's why his love is so special. Because, you see, he's not loving us from afar. 
he knows what we are going through. He was in all points, what? Tempted as we are. And because he also did not, 16, read 16, go to 16 first, please. So let us walk right up to him and get what he's so ready to give. Take the mercy and accept the help. Why? He has gone through it. And for our married, it's an area also. So Lord, please, I don't know how it feels. I'm a married man. But Lord, grace for them. Strength for them. Revelation for them. Not as if to say sexual temptation is for the unmarried only. I hope you know that. Marriage doesn't cure sexual temptation. Has anyone told you that? Why is everybody quiet? No, it doesn't cure it. Sometimes it actually opens it up. But nonetheless, you see, it's an area that you have to consider because you're not there anymore. Are you with me? So love means, ah, this, like our brother was sharing, the, the lady that hit his car is a single lady. So that, that also helped him have compassion on her. Who knows what she was thinking? Okay, maybe the designer husband she took to the con- Congress last year hadn't materialized. And, okay, but you just have to get out of yourself and just step into someone's shoes. Sometimes, how many of us like when it rains? You know the sleep when it rains is sweeter. Heavy rain, very sweet. Now, next time when it rains like that, remember those that their houses may be flooded. So the Lord had reminded me of that. So when it rains like that, as I want to enjoy my sleep, I say, Lord, please let no person's house flood. Can I now enjoy my sleep? <laughs> Do you understand? You see, because it's, we, we said love is concern, is empathy. So you put yourself in people's shoes. You're just identifying because the, the fundamental thing about what we're learning is this. You see, when we understand this love, we see that God is God. He's high, you know, he dwells in the high and holy place, isn't it? But he also what? With him who has what? So you and I now, no matter how privileged we are, we should try sometimes to dwell with the low people or with someone lower than us. It's unfortunate that, you know, the teaching and mentality had tried to come into church where people are encouraged to only find people that are better than them to associate with. I'll show you a scripture that is contra- completely opposite, completely opposite. It said associate with those who are of low, uh, how does it put it again? Do not associate with the high-minded. But it's become a popular teaching. Why? Because that's what motivational speakers teach. So that's why when we come to church, the few big men have many friends. Those of us that are not very big men, people will just brush us and pass after service. Try it. Just, if you want, rent one major nice car. Range Rover in Vogue. Come to church four Sundays. You know that they are are friendly here. Ah, brother, bless you. Did you come today? Ah, you parked here. You didn't park the other place. They become friends with you. Well, come with Keke. Two years, nobody will know you came. Because everybody is looking for the high to associate with. Put yourself in their shoes. One of the messages and preparations God gave me before I became a pastor was that one day I sat in church and I looked at my pastor then, Pastor Tony, and I just had compassion on him. I said, this thing is not easy. I don't know how he mentioned it, but he said something about not being able to sleep, you know, trying to. And from then, I started praying for him. Because, you see, for many of us, Sunday church is what you wear. Isn't it? The combination. How your hair will look. 
Many times I'll be there. I want to take the step outside and run away. Praise and worship will just be going on here. <laughs> you will just be singing, 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 singing. Sometimes I just want to run. I say, God, what is this thing? You know, I just want to run away because you're not coming here. Nobody wants to see your face. It's the word of the Lord they want to hear. Do you understand? So put yourself in people's shoes. Put yourself in the shoes of the person serving. Put yourself in the shoes of the person taking care of the children. The children's church have told us oftentimes how parents will come and tell them, don't talk to my child like that. Don't do that to my child. Why don't you be with the children's church for one month? Okay, so you miss all the jumping and praise and worship here. Miss everything that is happening here. Just be running around little children. When you do it for one week, you will know how to pray for the children's teachers. Some people are posted to the uh, restroom. Maybe you should also try that out. It's fine to go there and complain that, you know, the tissue is finished. There is water on the floor. Hilton, there is no water on the floor. What is going on here? What is going on there? Just experience it. Okay, just, just a little, a little experience won't hurt. So put yourself in the person's shoes. Put yourself in the shoes of the mother, you know, who has all those children having to drag them around. And all you can say is, can she keep them quiet? Put yourself in the shoes of the father. You know, just, just, that is love. If you think, in fact, the, the way the Lord, you know, was speaking to me, he says, if you can think, you can love. And I, I'm going to try and, you know, round up. I'd wanted us to read the parable of the Good Samaritan, but, but our time is so gone. We, we all know the story, okay? If we can think, we can love. I'll try and run through it. Luke 10. Besides, we have a reception for those of us who came to church today, so we're going to have a bit of fellowship after. Amen. How many of us are happy? Thank you, Jesus. Some people don't need the food, but you need the fellowship. Luke 10, verse 25, says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man. Went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day he departed. When he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him. Whatever more you spend, when I come again, I'll repay. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do Likewise, amen. Let me point out briefly why, you know, I think I had to be brought to this passage. In verse 30, our Lord Jesus Christ says, A certain man, I was saying that if you can think, you can love. A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. So when these people saw that man, 
the man was without identity. Okay? Are you with me? So they couldn't say whether he was a priest, a Levite, a Samaritan, whatever, because he had been stripped. That was a clue to help. Because when he said a certain man, wisdom should tell you that you could be the certain man. I could be the certain man. So if I know that I could be the certain man, and he says, whatever you would have men do unto you, what should you do now? Do the same unto them. That man, it was not his portion. Do you understand? You know, you listen to some people and it's as if their portion is this. The other people's portion is that. Who told you that? Even in life, portions change. Wisdom is to carry yourself in such a way that no matter the portion you find yourself in, you're honoring God. You're exalting God. You're serving the Lord. A certain man stripped. So when the priest saw him, if he was wise, he should have said, that could be me, the priest. Because the man wasn't wearing the type of clothing that would say he's not a priest. When the Levite also saw him, he could have said, that's a Levite. It could be me. Now, when the Samaritan saw him, the Bible says when he saw him, all the others saw him and went to the other side of the road. When the Samaritan saw him, you know what the Bible said? He said he looked at him and had what? What is compassion? Means what you feel, I feel it with you. So the Samaritan didn't so much do the man a favor. He did the Samaritan himself a favor because he saw himself in him. That's love. Anywhere you are, anywhere you find yourself. So see that brother, see that sister, see yourself. It could be me without shoes. It could be me without, you know, it could be me. It could also be me with, you know, all the beautiful things of life. It could be me. Either way, a certain man. Okay? So, we, we want to round up. And I want to, <clears throat> excuse me, touch on sharing and giving. In Galatians chapter 6. That one is very important. It's, it's one of the common ways we understand. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 5.22 had ended with the fruit of the Spirit. I'd also hope we'll touch that, but obviously there is no time. Galatians 6 from verse 1, that's where we looked at if a man is overtaken in a trespass. It was actually talking about how we can now walk in the Spirit. He went on to verse 6. And he says from verse 6, this one concerns me. Maybe that's why I don't teach it a lot. He says, let him who is taught the word share what? In all good things with him who what? With him who teaches. He said, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For what a man sows, you see that passage, that place of do not be deceived. They are attaching it to him who is taught the word. You know why? Because when they teach the word, it's so easy not to show appreciation. So you have a HOD, you have people who rule over you, who have spiritual leadership over you. And they're never appreciated. Why? Because you think you're doing them a favor. But the Bible is saying, do not be deceived. In fact, if you go further down here, it's, it's so interesting what it captures. Let's read it down. It says, do not be deceived. God is not more. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. It says, it says, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap corruption. Why is he referring to this here? In reference to chapter verse 5. Why? You know why? Because when other places where you get physical value, 
you pay with gladness. But when spiritual value is given, you don't respond. For he who sows to his flesh. So some persons, you know, will say, I'm a big man. And because of that, they'll drink designer water. Wear uh, uh, designer, um, designer everything, okay? Because that's the level you are now. But when it comes to the things of God, you don't give designer money. That's what he's saying. He said, do not be deceived because, you see, when he gets to that area, there are levels you can't know. I'm a big man now. I can't go to, down to this level. Eh? It's understandable. But when you also come to the house of God, make sure that what? You're responding at that level as well. Are you with me? Very important. That's why I said, do not be deceived. Okay? So, we, we show love in doing this, responding to those who minister to us spiritually. First Timothy 6, 17 and 19. Just touch it as much as possible. The giving part. 17 says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be hurty, not to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us what? Richly all things to enjoy. He said, let them do good. The part that jumped for me there was this, command those who are rich. And the way I got it was, command those who are rich, say, let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. With God's economy, everywhere he keeps his people, there is always enough for his people. The way God plans his economy, there is always enough. If love goes round, if those who should pray will pray, if those who should, you know, show concern, should show concern. If those who should do all the things, speak a word, should do it. There will be enough to go around. That's what the Bible is saying here. Okay. It says, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Hebrews 13, 16 and 18. It says, but do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is what? Well, please. Just hold on there. Give us the message translation here. You see what he put here. He says, make sure you don't take these things for granted and go slack in walking for the common good. Share what you have with others. He said, God takes particular pleasure in acts of worship, a different kind of sacrifice that takes place where? In the kitchen, workplace, and on the street. So go back to King James. What he's saying is that there is a worship I worship God when I share with my brother. I may not be singing, but as I share with the brethren, he says God accepts his award, sacrifice. Let's rise on our feet. So everybody has his own. You can pray. You can show example. You can, you know, I'm sure the spirit of God has told you. There are some here we didn't touch. Cancel, comfort, comfort someone who is going through tribulation. Comfort someone who is, you know, burdened. You can just, Christ can pass through you. I want you to pray for yourself. Say, Lord, pass through me. Pass through me. Touch my world through you. That's what love is about. God is. And he wants to touch somebody. He wants to bless somebody. He wants to heal somebody. He wants to show somebody his goodness. Why shouldn't it be me? I want you to desire. In fact, in all areas... If you're here and you are financially challenged, trust the Lord, this is July, that even before the end of this year, even by the next month, that God will make you a blessing, even in that area. 
He said in the area of prayer, Lord, help me. Let me stand in the place of prayer for my brethren. Let somebody stand because of me. Help me, Lord. Let my example challenge many. Let my example encourage many. Lord, help me to walk in empathy and sympathy and compassion. Lord, help me. Use me, Lord. Use me to touch somebody. Jesus, you have touched me. We let, we're reminded today at the Launch Our Fellowship that this love we are talking about is from the one that we've been given. Jesus, you have loved me. The songwriter sang, say, Jesus, you love me too much. Lord, this love you love me with. Lord, I want to spread it. Help me, O oh Lord. Anoint me. Empower me. Give me the consciousness. Give me the understanding. Remind me in that moment that that is an opportunity. Jesus said to the lawyer, he said, go and do likewise. Holy Spirit, help me. Help us as your children to remember and to know when to show that love. So that when you look upon us as a church, we will in every way and in every manner look like where you dwell and where you reign. We welcome your presence. Go home with us. Go to work with us tomorrow. Teach us, O oh Lord. And is there anyone sick in the body here? He said, pray for one another that we may be healed. We receive the healing power of our Lord and Savior Jesus. That even as this fellowship continues, life will flow, strength will flow, joy will flow. In the name of Jesus Christ, is there anyone heavy lady? We are family. Lord, we thank you. You made a way for one. You make a way for the other. We give you praise, O Lord our God. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikina Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.com. God bless you.